1: Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi,
2: this is Ruben off the cheek. This is William.
1: I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. And
0: welcome back, Chelsea fans, to more midweek madness. That's right, we are coming at you post-Champions League. A big turn of fortunes, actually, which is really exciting. So as always, your host, myself, Brandon, Nick, and Dan joining me uh, here to take it all in. Uh, Dan, uh, we've already discussed this off air a little bit, but an awkward time for kickoff caught us off guard, except yourself. So thank you for the heads up. Appreciate that.
1: Well, it's all about the preparation, the planning, much like the team, Nick, making sure that you Get your calendar put in the right position so that you can effectively be available to watch Chelsea and complete work activities at the same time.
3: Yes, some of us, won't name names, uh, forgot Forgot that it was a noon kickoff central and uh, and scrambled to figure it out and then um, then had to catch up on the first half during halftime. But then, but then we're there for the important bits. So some of us... Feel uh, feel okay about this.
0: All right. Well, Nick, I do want to throw it to you so you can lead us in with our overall theme of today's show before we really do our deep dive. So, what are we setting everyone up for? What are we doing here?
3: That's right. Um, today's uh, theme, because there's a theme to these now, is a sublime performance. Hmm. Sublime. Sub substitute. Sublime. Okay.
0: Hey, okay, well, there's your theme, people. Uh, at so Nick for feedback. That audio
1: hyphen just really had to make sure it was, was there, Nick. Good job. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, a fun tweet from at the best PML. Love a little Patrick in our lives. Uh, the, the gif of, I want all of it. It was all a great it. day out. We had a divine defense, a marauding midfield, super subs, Lampard's growth as a manager, and we are top of the group I never Personally would have expected it, and I'm on record on Twitter saying I am surprised and delighted at the situation we are in right now. So real quick, Dan, hit us with our iTunes reviews. Let's get this moving.
1: Yeah, some Apple Podcast love from Wise87 up in Canada, giving us some five stars, saying great pods. Listen to every episode after matches and hear the guys discuss and dissect different aspects of the game, provide different insights. Truly wonderful podcasts. We'll definitely recommend. Keep up the good work, guys. Two thumbs up. So, again... Always leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll shout you out at the beginning of the next episode.
0: All right, and a huge shout out to all of you on Patreon. The Discord has been fantastic this season. Uh, If you are looking for somewhere to hang out during a match and have conversation with very... Rational, reasonable, passionate Chelsea fans, 3 bucks a month at a minimum will get you access to us. Hit us up on social media if you want in. Lastly, Nick, you've got some code, some excitement from our sponsors. What gifts do you have for the lovely listeners? Correct. Well, uh, due to my extraordinary tardiness
3: on announcing our uh, contest for our kit giveaway, I did announce, uh, I did put out on our Twitter and Facebook the other day, that we do have winners for the shirts. So we have Finn, we have Pablo, and then we have Matt Burks, who I don't know how to get a hold of. So, hey, Matt, uh, why don't you shoot us an email, contact at Podcast.com, and I will get your shirt to you ASAP. Just a huge congratulations to those winners, and then also thank you to everybody who, who entered that contest. We had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of qualified entries. Um giving uh, your best account of the road to Munich uh, from 2012, which was excellent. Um, that That's done now. So we're done with that. But there is a new contest. Uh, we are giving away a large away Christian Pulisic kit. And we thought because he's had a good run of form here and because there's been so much support for him out in the world, what we would do is uh, is direct you to Anchor. This is going to be an Anchor only uh, voice submission, or I guess you can record it and send it to our email contact at LondonIsBluePodcast But Anchor is way easier, so you should just go do that. Go to our Anchor account and just leave a message of support for Christian. I think what we're going to do uh, for all the entries is we're going to compile those and send them over to the club to uh, to hopefully deliver to Christian. Uh, we just want to make sure that he uh, he feels the love from the states. So. Uh, contests will be 18 plus, and then you'll be in the U S uh, to send this on. So, um, that's, and then, uh, of course, talisman caps, London blue, 10, 10% off $35 or more. Bam. So lots going
0: on. Fantastic. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into it. It was a super exciting match. So this should be fun. It was ajax In the Champions League, we are away at the Johan Cruyff Arena. And it was this past Wednesday, October 23rd. In case you missed it, Ajax nothing. Chelsea won. So for the goals, uh, ours came in the 86th minute from Mishi Batshuai. No surprise here. He hooked up with Christian Pulisic. That is becoming... A one two punch that we love to see. So, Dan, real quick, run us through the starting lineup for this match.
1: Yeah, no surprise. Kepa, Aretha Blagan between the six. Aspulqueta, Kurt Zuma, Facayo, Turn, Tomori, Marcus Alonso, Kovacic, Jorginho, Mount as a three, with William, Tam Abraham, and Hudson Adoy as a front three. Kind of alternated between a four two three one and a four four three in the match. Caballero, Giroud, Palmieri and Billy Gilmore are the unused substitutes. And we saw appearances from Christian Pulisic, Mishi Batshuayi, and Reese James in substitute.
0: All right. So I'm going to go ahead and continue to avoid saying the term pool assist, Uh, But I just want to ruin Nick's party so he wasn't the first one to do it. Kind of try to get that out of the way. So right out of the way. Pool assist. Uh, first, First kind of bit of action. It was a slow start to this match. Uh, But Dan, Jody Morris getting stuck in a little bit on the referees, not having it. I I saw a tweet or as a post from Bleach Report at the end, there was over 30 fouls in this match. It was an absolute slugfest.
1: Yeah, it was was 30 exactly. But uh, depending upon how you were counting or what you weren't paying attention to from the officials, it probably was a little bit higher. Uh, Some elbows. It was more like a WWE cage match at times than it was an actual football match. But Jody, yeah. Uh, official, uh, the, the managers and assistants can actually get cards in the Champions League. So uh, Jody, league? yeah, Jody picking up one. And I think our friend Joe Tweeds did point out that it's probably the longest period of time from uh, when someone received a card as a player to when they received one as a manager in Chelsea history. So that's probably a new stat that we can leverage. Yeah, Nick, I don't want
0: to throw too many stats at you because I know it's not your jam, but uh, <sighs> at InfoGoal app, I love. Us the expected I love goals. that I'm not the stats guy. That's look, no, I I you're, 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 you're an self, eye test guy. Yeah, you're, you're self self proclaimed. You know, not anti stat, but it's not your go to. But if you look at this expected goals, I also goals,
3: can read
0: the. I mean, all right, come on. war on, on read, numbers from Nick Verlani. Read the expected goals for us. I think this is really shocking, coming from the fact that Ajax were cruising in the group. They obviously have an easier league. Uh, Semi finalists last season. I just. I don't know. This was a huge shock to me.
3: So full time, Champions League, Ajax had a 0. 0.45 expected goal, which Dan uh, is less than one, which would be required Accurate. to draw the match. Yep. Mm-hmm. Chelsea had a 1.72 expected goal for the game. Uh, we ended up with one, so you know that that deserves the uh, the win. I, I think overall, the the part that the stats won't tell Brandon, uh, if if you're a keen observer of of football, uh, is that Chelsea were freaking dominant in this game. Uh, for, you know, if you watched Ajax in the Champions League last year, or if you watched them so far this year, they play on the ball. They uh, play beautiful football at times. They have a huge home advantage. Chelsea frustrated the absolute crap out of Ajax, their fans, and everything going on in the match, and were dominant for for damn near 90 minutes. There are a couple of spurts there, but... Uh, this was a very, very, very good performance, and you could tell that Frank Lampard was very pleased with himself and uh
0: and with the team after the match yeah rightly so I mean as we get into it dan 's alliterations here with the divine divine defense here <clears throat> mine <clears throat> i uh you know I think back to the beginning of the season, shipped four against United, and then you have the Sheffield United match, and then you have. Goals after goals, right? We're like, hey, Chelsea can score goals, no problem. But we had a leaky defense. And now all of a sudden, we're away in Europe to to Ajax. And we have a clean sheet. Like the distance we've come, Nick, from the beginning of the season to now. Also, you think that Alonso is technically the second choice left back at the beginning of the season. Asby, we all thought he should be, you know, shipped out into the middle of nowhere and sent on his way to retirement. Did we all say that? Okay, the rumblings we? were. But then look, no gonna... Rudiger. Fakao Tomori is the lock in their center back spot. And and now Zuma's there. It's just what a journey for this group in general.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you have to be ecstatic, Dan, if you're Frank Lampard and you, you know you know especially over the last few matches how uh, how tight the defense has been yes ajax had a, a shot go off the post that was a little lucky unfortunate for us and we had a, a minor flub or two during the game but overall the i think the way that the defensive line commanded space especially as ajax was attacking the box was fantastic zuma was fantastic tamori was fantastic Dave was special, uh, and Alonzo was great. So, like, take all those factors into play. This team on the road again in a tough environment with a really good attacking team just shut down shop. It was impressive,
1: exceptional. It was a exceptional team defensive performance. Yeah, I think one of our friends, uh, good friends, Clayton Bierman, saying that we just need to talk about clean sheets today. That's all we need to talk about. And I think it's underlines. A point that we struggled early in the season about being able to win these type of games to go ahead and control a match on both ends, and we were dominant in a way against a team that put three past Valencia, that put three past Lille, that in some matches this season has scored five, four, four goals against other teams like that. They're not a team that gets shut out often in any capacity and you know yes we did benefit brandon from a little bit of our support the var gods giveth today not taketh away and but beyond that like we were dominant we handled situations we were never in too much danger outside of maybe a few minutes in the beginning when tamori and zuma and everyone was getting settled but after probably the 10th 15th minute we were we looked fine we didn't look like we were ever kind of going to lose the composure that we had established
0: right it uh it definitely is a nice change of pace to say the least you know you've got andrew williams on twitter saying tomorrow may be the best center back in england bold <laughs> as as van dyke is as in in the front runner for winning the ball and door and was you know you a player of the season last season uh look He's fantastic this season, which has been a huge surprise to us. Probably not to Derby fans, right? But to us. And then Frank Levesque, who uh, you know, tweet us saying how Tamori is great and that the transfer ban is the best thing to have happened to us in a long time. A lo- you know, I don't know about that part. I think it's an interesting factor, but we'll never know. Like all we know is the present and what has happened. And I think that's, it's really interesting um, kind of situation that we're in. Uh, Chase on Discord saying, can we get an Aspie shout-out on the pod? What a turnaround he has had this season. Very proud to have him captaining the squad. And I think that that's huge. Uh, you know, a lot of us have gone back and forth and probably like how much we really like Aspie or not, but there's no denying where, where he stands firmly in these last few matches. And it's been absolutely key. Um,
1: so yeah, I well, think his one-on-ones that- in this match in particular, like, you know, he had to go against, you know, promise at times it, whether it was Tadic, uh, Van de beek like there, there were enough individuals Ziak. that, that were, well, Ziyech was more Alonzo Tomori, right? Like, you know, just sidewise. But I mean, Asby in a couple one-on-ones did some amazing, amazing work. Like again, maybe there's still a little bit of criticism you can have against like going forward maybe he should have crossed that shot versus trying to take it on but ultimately was showing you know why he is a contributor why people value him appropriately and kind of the whole Mourinho adage of 11 Azpilicletas could you know win the league Nick like it very much was true tonight in the way that he captained the side the way that he performed offensively
3: yeah I I I relish this performance for Dave um Mainly because, you know, if you remember, but a few short weeks ago, people were leaving him for dead and wanting him to retire and wanting a still-hurt Reese James to play in his place and all this stuff. And, man, I'll tell you, whatever whatever has gotten into Dave the last four or five weeks has been fun to watch. He's extra fired up right now. You saw the passion after the game. Uh, You know, I just... You know, I'm I'm very very pleased for him, and uh, not that he needs it, obviously, but I just you know I I want to stay by guys who I know can do it, and he can definitely do it, Brandon. He's an absolute workhorse, and I'm I'm just pumped
0: for him. Absolutely, it is. It's great to see good Dave. There's no doubt about that. Can we
1: also, before we transition, can we talk about Zuma having a very strong performance as well? You know, maybe I think received a lot of. You know, criticism, yeah, I think, maybe justly in certain scenarios, but he, outside of the moments where he carried the ball forward today, where maybe he could have distributed it out earlier in terms of just defense in the box, really kind of knocking things away, standing up, wonderful tactical foul to take one for the team and kind of prevent a little bit of an Ajax break there. I think. You know, Is that he, what you call that? That full blooded NFL tackle? Yeah, you know, tactical foul. Tactical. Yeah. He did
3: like,
0: it with Guardiola would call it a tactical foul. <laughs> this thing about tactical fouling keeps
3: being labeled at your team, you and your teams. He
1: was like apologizing as he did it. It's okay.
3: Well, I would also just say like Zuma was immense in the box tonight. First time, uh, you know, and I'm right. I'm not sure if you saw this, but on one of the, on one of the corners near the end of the game, where I had a couple in a row he was pointing and screaming at Jorginho on the back post because he missed his assignment on the zonal mark. And to me, he's, he has the leadership ability in him. Zuma does. Um, Mm -hmm. it's first time I've seen him be so, uh, so outward with, you know, kind of some of the gestures and, and things like that. And I think if I were him, I'd be tired of getting blamed for every zonal marking piece going wrong. So I, you know, I think it was just a very strong performance. And the other thing that I would note about him, there were times where Ajax were pressing high and he had to move the ball forward to kind of break the press. And
0: when he gets a full head of steam, good luck. Yeah, no, seriously. And you're not getting in the way of that. You just <laughs> hope it doesn't break. Tadich tried to and got absolutely blasted. Yeah. Just
1: reminded of the sure. uh the Terry Tate ads where the pain train coming, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Zuma's uh the way Zuma should trade himself around. It's a uh, good love show. It. Love that. All right, next one up is
0: the marauding midfield. I like how the right away. the first thing we're going to, right? There's there's nothing else that the people want to see then there's Jorginho sack tap and goal (laughs) celebration for Mishi, who I'm pretty sure he tweeted, hey, Jorginho, great ball control, and posted it himself. (laughs) So what I have to say about this is while it is super childish and immature as I laugh about it, um, to me, because I've been in a locker room, this shows you how tight And like how much camaraderie there is, how much fun they're having, how how strong the bonds are. I know it probably to the average person (laughs) doesn't look like a sign of affection and and like love and support, but it is in a locker room, oddly enough. Uh, And so anyways, it was hilarious to watch. But to me, man, like Jorginho Kovacic uh, holding it down, doing their business They were fantastic today, Dan, and uh, we'll get into the mistakes you made later in the Dan of the match. We don't need to do that now. (laughs) Uh, But but again, talk about uh, guys stepping up time after time for Frank this season. What a weird thing to have happen.
1: Yeah, it's nice to regain the presence of Kovacic into the side and just his ability to maintain the ball and continue control and run around the pitch and and interchange appropriately. I think when he has been outside the lineup and you look at this past weekend at Newcastle and when Barkley was in, ball retention is a bit of a challenge. When you have Mount and Barkley uh, and Jorginho together, there's a little bit of muscle that you need in that side and Kovacic brings that in and he does not get dispossessed easily. And he's not the most, you know, uh, man of largest stature in the team, but that low center of gravity, that ability to move laterally, Nick, he, he adds a a control to what we're able to do by just making sure that we retain the ball in a way that some of our other midfielders outside of Angola Conte just really struggle with.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, um, Chelsea does not have the success they have tonight and are not as dominant on the ball tonight, if not for the interchange uh, passing between Jorginho and Kovacic. Routinely breaking the press, r- routinely bailing each other out of pressure, um, and then obviously Mount having a really strong first half um, you know, kind of helped carry that along too. Uh, I, I think Kovacic j- is just a much different type of midfielder uh, than anyone else that we than we have, so to be able to count on him after he's kind of gone through some injuries this year has been really nice and you know f- for you know I think I'll speak for myself on this one. I didn't necessarily even want him you know to I didn't want Chelsea to have to pay forty million for him or whatever it was this summer and and boy, do I look like a fool and not for the first time um he's he's really shown up and done so much more than he was able to show last year under a different system. So, Brandon, I think it's just a a testament to him and Jorginho absolutely controlling every aspect of this game.
0: You know, to be fair, you're not the only one who didn't think Kovacic would be a good signing. We felt like we were forced into it because he was literally the only option that we had. But, again, you know, I think there's a difference of being on loan versus being permanently signed by a club. You probably feel a little bit more settled. You know, I think the other thing, though, is we're really seeing how tightly chained up Maurizio sorry had these players. They had extremely specific roles, and that was it. Frank is giving these players the freedom, and we're seeing that. And what I thought was most important from Kovacic was the last, after we scored, right, the last three, four minutes, we do a short corner and he could hold it. And they could this control in tight spaces is so important. You lose it there with Ajax, you're getting counterattacked. And he was able to hold possession in tight spaces. And that was so crucial from a game management standpoint. Um, so again, Barkley standout in preseason, all of a sudden, nowhere to be seen. We just we're not getting the same Ross Barkley that we did this summer. Kovacic is stepping up. Jorginho is settling in that role a lot better. You still have Ruben to come back. Like right now it's looking like Ross is definitely the odd man out at this point. But again, it's up to him to change that and and make it different. I mean, I, I
1: think the thing though is that, you know, this is the the question we got asked by uh Routimi on Discord. Roteam? team? team. Um, but ultimately that the what's the selection headache for Frank Lampard, is that, you know, Kovacic is going to need rest. Jorginho is going to need rest. Conte is currently getting rested. Ruben still needs to come back. Like, there are multiple, you know, whether it's in defense, whether it's in midfield, whether it's in offense, like, rotation is going to have to start to occur very, very soon as these games continue to build on top of each other. And we Nick and I talked about this in our post-Newcastle recap, is that, like, you are going to have Saturday, Sunday, matches followed with a Tuesday Wednesday match and then another Saturday and Sunday match and like you're going to have to bring in find a way to leverage the Barkley nick like it's it everyone's going to have to contribute in some capacity.
3: Oh, I mean, yeah, like uh, again uh Saturday Wednesday, Saturday Wednesday, Saturday Tuesday yeah, and we have we have a few more of those to go this year. So Uh, Yeah, I think you're starting to see a Mason Mount get a little leggy. Uh, You're starting to see Cal and and William get a little leggy. You're starting to see, you know, hopefully you see Angolo healthy this year, which would be super um, wrap him in bubble wrap. Uh, I think all these guys need to play Ruben coming back at some point, hopefully February or March, even though they say he's coming back sooner. I've also seen reports that he's not that close, um, would be a welcome sign as, as the season drags on. I mean, all of these guys will need rest at some point. Let's just find the right way to plug in these pieces and and we'll be good to go. And, and to be frank with you, I think the Billy Gilmore care about cup run that we're about to go on is going to be welcome relief for Jorginho. Um, we, we need, we need Jorginho to stay healthy. I can't, You know, I never thought I would say this at the beginning of the season either. I can't imagine this team without Jorginho in it. That's why I bought his inform
0: card on FIFA Ultimate Team. Dude's a beast. (laughs) Uh, I'll wrap this one up with a great, I think, point from Nikhil on Discord. He said, even with the injuries, isn't it nice we can depend on the bench when the first 11 doesn't do the job? It's so nice to finally have good backups for every position. And I think, obviously, it comes down to picking the right subs, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about in the next point. Uh, But we're going to take a really quick break. Again, a huge thank you to the sponsor for supporting this podcast financially. When we're back, uh, we're going to be talking about the super subs, as I just alluded to, uh, as well as Frank Lampard and his growth as a manager uh, before the day of the match poll. So again, we will be right back. All right, so super subs, just like Nikhil was leading into. But I think the importance, Nick, is not that you just have world-class Subs. I'm just okay. They're not world class, but quality subs in every position, right? It's how you use them and it's who you choose to impact the game today. So, again, we had, um, we used all of our subs Pulisic, Reese James, Mishi Who do you think was your? Was the best super sub of that bunch? Uh, n-
3: not biased here, but you know, I think most people would say that Pulisic made the biggest impact when he came onto the pitch. Biased, um, very biased, wearing a shirt. <laughs> but um, I-, I think the, I-, I think if you look at the way the match was going, um, it 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 was such a different kind of performance to what um, Cal was doing on the left. Pulisic didn't get the incredible space that Cal got in the first half. Uh, Pulisic had to dribble and drive his way through a bunch of different IX defenders, and, including Serginio Dest, who is no joke, very, very, very good. So I think the, you know, the, the impact, Dan, with uh, Pulisic having a decent shot at goal and then also having a few opportunities at assists and finally getting one to Mishi – was uh, was absolutely outstanding and he needs to be given a ton of credit for being able to pull off that kind of performance in 30 minutes.
1: He's magnetic. He is one of the few players on our team that just having the ball at his feet brings players to attention. And you saw when he came on that the Ajax defenders gave him you know, were either drawing in towards him but still actually tracking back a couple feet because they were concerned about where the ball was going to go or what he was going to be capable of doing, which was extremely interesting. You know, you you have a Calamon who struggled a little bit in this match. Willian obviously comes off, wasn't as impactful as he's been in some of the past few matches, but with the time that he had with where the match was needing to be won, Pulisic comes in and offers a... Really, really strong substitute performance. You know, uh, could, guy can't buy a goal, Brandon, but in terms of being able to assist and setting up the goal, even Lampard called it out it as like just a, being just as important as the goal and, and credit to him, again, for the continued willingness to to strive and fight for his opportunities and to do well with the time he's provided.
0: Right. You know, um, favorite sub was Reese James, by the way, for right winger. Uh, put put him up front in the attack. <laughs> got to love to see that. He's your that. favorite? Uh, it was fun to see. I think, you know, uh, it, it was good that he livened up the attack. And, you know, he changed the front three and we got a goal. And honestly, we could have had a second. We could have a third. The the, the sitter that Mishi missed and then mm-hmm. the third chance or Mishi shot when he clearly could have passed to Reese James in the box or, you know, a multitude of options. Uh, But it's just great to see, you know, those guys finding a way to work together. And it's probably like Mishi and Pulisic have this little thing where it's like, hey, we're not getting minutes. How about we stay behind and train? I don't know if this is happening. Hypothetical. I'm saying it very well could be because clearly these guys are starting to figure each other out and creating their own partnership as these super subs. So it's got to be the point where Frank's like, well, if I'm putting in Mishi, I got to put in Pulisic or vice versa, you know, because they play so well off each other. Uh, but, you know, as you have from our friend Couch Critic uh, on Twitter, he just talks about how Frank seems to be able to get a tune or get positive contributions from so many different players this season. And not everyone gets to start. And I know, Nick, that that's been the the ongoing boring headlines is Pulisic isn't starting. The world was, must be ending. And that's not the case. Um it just seems like Frank is putting players in a situation to be successful, and they're delivering. Well,
3: yeah, and I mean, he's—I think this is also a growth point for Frank too, right? You know, early in the season, the subs didn't always work out, or seemed might have seemed a little haphazard at times. But you know, today you—you you saw from the minute that Pulisic was called up to to go into the game, Frank had his arm wrapped around him, giving him encouragement, and then you know, just kind of letting the beast. Go and, and he went. I mean, this was a very impressive performance from Christian that, you know, again, will just sound like pure bias coming out of the mouth of an American. Um, I know that. But uh, it was not just me or uh, our American press that said this. It was basically every British outlet that we read. It was talk sport. It was everything. So uh, I feel really good about his performance. Um, this is one of you know the last handful that he's made a huge impact coming off the bench for and I think we said this on the weekend and that's a hard thing to do he's only has limited minutes and he has to integrate with the team really quickly and then two minutes later he has to integrate with a new striker although he knows Mishi really well you know it's just there's a lot of variables there and he's coming in and he's doing a really good job and that's all he can do at this
1: point yeah three career assists for Mishi when he was at Dortmund, three uh, career assists now for Batch Y at Chelsea. And yeah, it, it, they have a connection. They have a partnership. They have a good understanding. But it still means he needs to slide in next to William. It means that he needs to partner with Mason. It needs to understand that he's on the left or on the right. There's not a lot of time for him to make an impact in those moments. And you know, at that point, we were chasing a goal. And you're looking down the barrel of potentially only being in a draw getting one point still looking up at iax as the leaders in the group and in 20 30 minutes you're able to help rewrite the script put us in control of this group and have us on our sixth win in a row across all competitions that's pretty damn good and I, you know again the just because we are the the american podcast you know i think people think that we stand for christian i think we're open to being critical of him and necessary and have been you know very balanced in the way that we look at him and his opportunities like he still needs to score a goal he still needs to score a goal at some point brandon and that has to happen for him in a chelsea shirt but the fact that he's assisting players the fact that he's finding a way to add value in his substitution appearances right now means that he is a valuable contributor and everything frank is saying indicates to me that he's going to get the opportunities as long as he's can, continues to be impactful in this way
0: it's up to him to earn the minutes and what he's done in his last couple of appearances hopefully have earned him some minutes this weekend at Burnley and that's what Big Nash and Ben Rivera and Capital City Blues they that's the everyone's there saying hey he's done enough to start against Burnley maybe it's a good time uh, I mean look Callum Hudson-Odoe is not great but he was great in his last Premier League match William Maybe we're finding out maybe he does need a little extra rest so he can keep his consistent form. Again, these are all learning things Frank has to see. But Christian went out there and put in two really, really good substitute appearances. And we've seen it. Frank rewards hard work and performance. And that's and that's what he all he can do. So speaking of Frank Lampard, the last one that we want to touch on as we before we wrap this one up is uh how beautiful is it to watch this young inexperienced manager grow up before our eyes into this killer instinct manager that just puts teams to the sword and he's learning and it's amazing miles G ten saying is this frank's best managerial result to date yes, easy <laughs> yes right away in europe i mean that's that's a big result wait. I mean, I think our second best result was almost losing 1-2 to Liverpool knowing that we should have gotten more out of it.
3: Uh, Dan and I both uh, agreed with that at the weekend, Brandon. The one that uh, you know I, you weren't there for. Can't
1: that say one. I bothered to listen.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about teamwork again, like we yeah. mentioned earlier.
0: <laughs> you know, obviously, huge result for him. Um, Six match and beaten streak. Like, things are really starting to click. And... It's actually really funny. Jason Cundy had an amazing clip on Talksport tonight. If you haven't heard it, uh, Jake, let's go ahead and insert it here so everyone can listen to it. But just hear what Cundy had to say about the state of Chelsea right now.
2: I'll say this now: I think Chelsea are probably outside of Liverpool, and Manchester City. Chelsea, are the club, everyone else wants to be.
4: What? Right now? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean everyone wants to be? What does that mean? Right now, I don't want to be them. Right now. You you would love to be in Chelsea's position. Sorry, sorry. You would. Sorry, sorry, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, just say what you just said again, just so I don't misquote you. Okay.
2: So right now, outside of Liverpool, Manchester City, they're miles away. They're, they're the Liverpool, Man City are the side that everyone wants to be. Outside of that, Chelsea are the side that everyone else wants to be. Right now,
4: right. Hold on, right. Okay. So apart from, let me get this right. Apart yeah. from City and Liverpool, yeah, they're, they're the everyone, be,
2: they're the best two sides and,
4: yeah. by yeah, some every, distance. Everyone, yeah, and, and
2: that's the benchmark.
4: Right, everyone,
2: yeah. So and just, outside right, of that, and let me
4: just throw some teams at you. Yeah, Spurs want to be Chelsea. Is that what you're saying? <sighs> they'd love to be Chelsea, mate. They would. They would love to be. Chelsea. They talking, would, they, what are they, you talking about? They'd love to what be are you Chelsea. About what, would, yeah, when you say they, do the, you mean fans would rather their club be in a state where Chelsea right now than their own club? 1,000%. Why? Why would Spurs want. Of course they wouldn't. What are you talking about? The Spurs team one to 11. The Spurs, everything about Tottenham's better 1, than Chelsea. 1,000%. Sorry, getting... sorry. Oh, where <laughs> Arsenal?
2: You're saying Arsenal as well? <laughs> Th- again, okay, 2,000% with, Spur- with Arsenal. <laughs> Keep going. Give me. give me. Well, that, Manchester I, I would Oh, 10,000%. Be... You guys. What are you talking you, about? Listen,
4: you'd You've love got... to be Brighton right now, so You've... don't even come at me. he have been on the sauce tonight. <laughs> what are you talking you'd about? You'd love to be Brighton. Ta- why would Spurs fans want to be Chelsea? Where have you got because, this from? I'll
2: tell you why. Because Chelsea have had a transfer ban, lost the best player. They have a legend going back to the club, and there is real direction where nothing. the club is going.
0: All right, so Dan, you can react now. I mean, Cundy is feeling pretty <laughs> good. He thinks that there's a lot of teams that would be jealous uh, that they don't get a
1: root on, you know, Chelsea
0: every other week at Sanford Bridge. What do you think?
1: Well, he highlighted the fact that... Arsenal, you know, are are playing in Europa League and two
0: thousand percent,
1: two thousand percent. You have Manchester United, who somehow can
0: ten thousand percent, who somehow
1: can beat the best teams or draw with the best teams, but then struggle versus the Brightons of the world or other teams. No, no. Uh, also wish, in Europa
3: League, they wish they were Brighton. They do wish they were Brighton. <laughs> uh,
1: and and I, just, I just, I think he's right. Like, I mean, everyone looks at this side and. And we're almost like a cuddly, lovable version of Chelsea, which is really weird because people don't like us in that way. They don't think about us as, but the, the fact that we have all these young English players, we've got an English manager, we're, we're seeing success. There's a, a blossoming of talent right here that's going to fill this English team. I, I think, weirdly enough, like we've eroded some past hatred towards this, you know, to our club, which is, it's, it's an awkward place to be, Nick. I don't understand the new reality. <laughs> Right now,
3: yeah, it's it's really interesting. My, my favorite moment of the match was actually after the match when um, when Lampard went up to the you know everyone clapped off the the away fans who were excellent tonight, um, and he went up and everyone knows that Jurgen Klopp has this three fist pump thing with the with the cop at Liverpool, and it's so corny and just whatever blah. Lampard did a like a really scaled back version of that and gave a really wry smile <laughs> and like I I just ate it up. I thought it was so good and and funny and you you could see Brandon after the match in his in his interview he he's immensely proud of the effort, which I think is probably first and foremost, but I think he's very, you know, I think he should be. He's probably a little proud of himself too. I mean, that was That was a really, really, really dominant performance from Chelsea, and he was, you know, the captain of the ship, and he made the subs that counted. So, uh, yeah, I think this was great. It was a great clean sheet. It was a great midfield performance, you know, and we finally got the goal.
0: So, uh, lots to be happy about. I'm sorry, zonal marking. What? Oh, we're not (laughs) talking about that anymore. Well, I guess that's a big improvement for. That's what happens when you
1: don't when you don't give up a goal off a set piece. You don't have to talk about it anymore. We're
0: about. Four and a half inches away from giving up one today off a set piece.
1: V-A-R. V-A-R.
0: So, well, the V-A-R didn't save it. The post did on the free kick, which was lucky. But I thought this was a good tweet from uh, Nathan Gross, Groci? Uh on Twitter. He tweeted out saying, super frank. We have played this season mostly without our four best players from last year, Hazard, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Conte, and Rudiger. And multiple injuries on top of this. Yet, he's getting the most from all the players, youth, and vets. Amazing job. At Joe on Twitter saying, It's obvious, but please do a segment on how well Frank Larapard has improved tactically, both with substitutions and how we set up as a team, and maybe also compare this to previous games in charge look I just remember the huge gap between our lines we were transitioning so poorly from defense to offense and vice versa we're getting caught out and I just think this is huge uh you know improvements and very quickly from him and then you have Janique on on discord saying he plays the people who show in training that they deserve to play and to me that's probably the biggest thing that stands out about Frank's management is that he runs this ship on merit and nothing else. And I think players respect him for that. And w- you won't have as many bad attitudes because it's kind of on them if they're not playing. I mean,
3: expectations could not be more clear in this team. And I think that's a really important difference, maybe, with some of our previous managers till till now. Uh, I think with, with Antonio Conte, expectations were very clear, almost too clear um, at times. Um, and then Maurizio, you guys, you had guys playing who were way out of form, but just because of the system, that was what we were going to do. So, uh, I, I think Frank has done a really good job, Dan, of making sure that, uh, everybody is on the same page and that he will, uh, give opportunities when opportunities are warranted and he will support guys who are, you know, who like Tammy Abraham, didn't have a very good match today. Left him on for seventy-ish minutes and, and tried to get the most out of him, but but had to take him off because he didn't do the job. And then you know sub in Mishi. So I think I think this is all really good. He's going to continue to grow, though. That's what we have to remember. This is not a finished Lampard. Uh, it's it's one that's barely
1: started. Yeah, I, I maybe disagree a little bit. I think. Tammy had a, a good game. I think he really struggled against the defenders. Not a lot was given. I mean, a, a basically a direct elbow to the back of the head and and nothing was called against. Uh, you know, I think he was doing a lot of work to try and push the ball forward, but you know, count, he and Callum never really got on the same page in this match. Uh, but I, I think the credit to Lampard for observing things that aren't working, for making the appropriate substitutions, um, and giving – the substitutes time to actually impact the game. You know, what we saw sometimes in previous seasons, it'd be like the 80th minute. And we hope in that 10 minutes, the game is absolutely going to change. Uh, I think those are things that I'm enjoying seeing is that he's not so wedded to what the existing starting 11 was that he won't take the conversation with his supporting managers, uh, his assistants with what he's seeing with the players and make a substitute early enough to have an impact. I think that's very exciting, but to your point, He's not the finished article, and that is just as exciting as watching these young players that he is grooming develop as well.
0: All right. Let us know what you think of Super Frankie Lampard as manager so far this season. Let us know what you thought about Cundy's clip, because that was hilarious. But we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. But before we do such a terrible thing, the Dan of the match poll, we have to get it in here. Uh, Interesting selections. I mean, I get it wasn't easy, Dan. All I'm saying is maybe consult us. But boy,
3: did you miss the mark. <laughs> 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 All
1: right. Kovachitch uh, was the only one people were requesting. Let's that see it. Run us through it. Didn't appear in here. But we had Azpilqueta, Mount, Polisic, and Tomori. And I guess the USA bots got, in, got into this one, adjusted the algorithm 46% to Captain America, gets the nod here. I would have gone with Aspilqueta personally at 30%, Tamori at 18%, Mount was six. Uh, Kovacic not listed, but I, I definitely hear the feedback that he could have been. Nor included the goal in this scorer,
0: nor the clean sheeter. I mean. Whew.
1: You wanted Kepa
0: to be on this? I mean.
1: Yeah, of course he I did. Mean,
3: <laughs> did he make a save?
0: Uh, post oh, he counts. made
3: two. He made two. <laughs> um, Either no, way, I interesting. I think I would have, I also would have selected Aspilqueta and. But a very, very close, like within 1% would have been Kovacic, who was just an animal tonight.
0: Yeah, I think I forgot to make the point on the call uh, right now is that Kovacic's value is is easy to underappreciate or miss sometimes because uh, his ball retention in game management is so important. It's kind of the little things that make everything else click. And his ability with his poise on the ball and the weights of his passes are so important um, that yeah, it was kind of an unsung heroes match for Kovacic today. And it's one of those games where he really won't get a lot of the plaudits because it's nothing exciting and standout. But his work rate, his consistency—it was just—it was superb. Any manager would love to have. If you could get that out of him every week, he would be in the starting lineup. It's fantastic to see. Okay, as it stands, in the Group H, as our friends across the pond pronounce it. (sighs) I'm going to have to work on you guys with that. Group H, here it is. Chelsea on top with six points. Ajax tied on six points. But in second, thanks to -to head-to-head, Valencia in third and Lille dropping to fourth with only one point. So, what a turnaround this is after losing the opening leg to Valencia at home. Things look better. Apparently, they look really good, Nick. If your <laughs> name is ChaseUD14 on Discord, what in the world is he about to do? Well, he
3: wants to know, Dan, and, and I know that you're our travel expert, so you should probably help him out here. When should I book my plane tickets for the final in Istanbul? Uh, tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow? Good.
1: Done. Book them, ship it, Dan. Send them the rates. Let's do this. Yeah, I think it's a good call. I, I, You know, you want to get in early. You want to make sure you lock in the best fare. You want to make sure that there's no issue getting the right hotel space you're looking for, depending on party size, maybe some important dinner reservations. You got to plan early. Not a bad idea. Well, there you go, Chase and
0: company. Uh, Dan's Travel Service is open for business. Booking direct flights <laughs> to Istanbul at your earliest convenience. Down payment of 5,000 quid just to start all right we're gonna wrap this one up i love the energy on a wednesday night uh i was not predicting this but damn am i happy to take it in and drink it all up uh so that being said ladies and gentlemen lovely listeners of the podcast thank you so much for tuning in as always reach out to us on social media or email we'd love to get in touch and until next time chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high